What's up, everybody? We have got a great episode for you. Looking at a season preview, but not in the traditional way of X's and O's on the field. We are looking at all things college football gambling. Yes, that's right. We're going to win some money. We were lucky enough to have Nick Deus join the show. Friend of the program. He is an expert when it comes to gambling. We talk about Big Ten odds, under, over, win totals. Talk about Heisman odds, NFL players, fantasy football, all kinds of fun stuff. If you like gambling, you're going to really, really enjoy this. If you're not into gambling, you're going to learn a whole lot. So check it out. Get excited. We are so close to the football season. Pat and I will start our regular routine next week. We'll have two episodes a week, one before the games where we do some previews, look at the opponent we're playing, and then our weekly recaps and reviews. Really excited. Tons of content coming for you guys. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is August 20th. We officially have college football this week. My name is Chris, joined as always by my co-host Pat. And today we have a special guest on the show. He is the host of Degeneration Bets Sport Betting Podcast, co-host of Veterans Minimum, an awesome sports podcast. He's a reporter on Chat Sports. The guy does it all. Welcome to the show, Nick Deus. Yo, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. I appreciate that that intro. Uh, did not even tell you all that stuff, so I'm glad you did some homework on me. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I basically I'm just read your Twitter bio. Degeneration Bets name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the Twitter bio. And yeah, I mean, Degeneration Bets, uh, obviously, I'm also a gigantic wrestling fan. So obviously inspired by uh, Degeneration X, you know, Degenerates, gambling, kind of tied Perfect. it all. Greatest also wrestling my favorite. group of all time. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Talking about know, we, horsemen like that. <laughs> we, we all must be generally this the same age, you know, demographic and whatnot. So I'm sure we all told someone to suck it at some point. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So we could, we could probably spend a whole episode talking about wrestling, but this is a Penn State football podcast. We are here to talk about sports, about football, and and like I mentioned in the beginning, Nick, you're doing a bunch of different things, um, but I, I think it's probably safe to say your forte, sort of your area of expertise, is is sports gambling. Is that is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, you couldn't be more uh, right on that one, man, and I always tell people that, you know, um, the, the term in Hollywood is called, like, the Trojan horse, where when you want to get into, like, a network show or a comedy show or whatever, like, you want to get on a bigger platform... It's like when you first step in, you kind of do what they want, right? Or you get your foot in the door. Yep. Whereas like with me, when it comes to the sports stuff, the thing I know for certain is going to ultimately get me to where I want to get to is a sports betting. Uh, lifelong fan of it from a young age. My pops used to give me the uh, the parlay cards and I'll randomly pick games, not knowing anything. But I was just <laughs> fascinated by lines and stuff, you know, and I wasn't like a... I wouldn't say I was, like, super smart growing up. I kind of just cruised through. I was, like, a B-minus student, you know? No, Never wanted to work harder than that. Never wanted to work lesser than that. Kind of just went through the motions. Uh, B-minus. But I just always love numbers. I love the idea of betting on something and winning money back. I mean, who doesn't? Oh. And, yeah, just, like, I I've done it all, man. I've, I've placed countless amount of bets, dumb bets, smart bets, uh, I've went on three-hour road trips just to go and place a bet, only nice. to have it lose. I like 
probably before kickoff too because a quarterback got ruled out or something so yeah I've, I've had a wild ride with sports betting yep that's typically how it goes we were just talking a little bit off air before we started here that that everyone in, in some way shape or form especially in today's day and age is gambling in some some facet whether you're doing super bowl boxes you're doing fantasy football if you are risking any sum of money to win money back you are a degenerate Maybe not as much as some others, but you just got to admit it. Um, Pat and I both kind of dabble a little bit. Uh, People that listen to this show have heard me religiously take the overs, religiously take Penn State spreads, even when they're not playing well. So we wanted to bring you on as sort of a a uh, non-biased fan here. Um, I I think I'm I'm a degenerate. I bet a lot, but I'm not very good at it. I don't do a whole lot of research. Pat, what's your take on gambling? Um, I went through a string of it. I love doing it, but I'm... I'm fucking broke, so I don't do very often. <laughs> I went through a string of it a couple of years back where I was putting in like just like a little bit all the time. Um, you know, I would, I would come out up every week, but by a little bit and just roll it back in, roll it back in. And then one week I just went like 0 for 11 and lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, those are those typically uh, come to Jesus moments where you got to wake up a little bit. Um, but, but Nick, so you're, you kind of do a little bit of everything. I know you're, you're big into the daily fantasy world, big into the NFL. Um, what would you say your sort of, you know, confidence, comfortable level in college, uh, gambling is? With college, my favorite thing to bet on is win totals. It's also the one thing that, uh, so the issue with, with betting is a lot of people don't like to lay money, more money and win less, right? right? No one likes to lay minus 150 to win 100, meaning, you know, risking $150 to win 100 because that's not cool. That's not fun. Doesn't get your, you know, doesn't get you aroused. Yeah, it's not sexy. Like it's not sexy. Yeah, exactly. People want to lay 100 bucks to win 900 yep. and bet like that. So with win totals, it's probably the easiest thing to handicap. It's the one thing that professional bettors like to wager on the most across all sports. Because that's easier to game plan and handicap ultimately, which handicapping is just understanding the markets and the sport. So, um, yeah, I, I love win totals. I also love uh, matchup props. I think are my favorite, and what those are is you know um, betting who's gonna meet in a championship, whether it's the national championship, uh, you know, a Big Ten championship, mm. NBA finals, whatever. Those are are pretty cool, especially when you have like. This would be a good year to do something like that where, bless you, where you have, um, you have like, you know, in the last couple of years, Golden State in the NBA was like the overwhelming favorite, right? And it's like, well, I'm not going to watch that shit because they're going to win the finals anyway. That was a lot of people's thinking. Yep. So one way you can make money is, well, who's going to play Golden State in the finals, right? That's a, a nice way to find some value and whatnot. And yeah. That's probably my favorite. And also the Heisman. I've gotten lucky on the Heisman a couple of times. Uh, most famously, one of my the, the biggest bets I made was uh, Mariota, the year he won the Heisman. They had just lost to Stanford, I believe it was. And he played well in that game, too. They just kind of, the rest of the team laid an egg. And I remember I had him in the preseason at 6-1, to one, and then his odds dropped to 18-1. to one, oh. And I kind of just doubled down because yep. I looked at the schedule, and I'm like, yo, they could still get to the national title. I think it's good, and then he won it, and that was a very, very nice Christmas that I had. That's yeah, for sure. uh, those are some incredible odds, man. The uh, yeah, it's funny you talk about the Heisman. That's one I've had. I've had some experience with the last couple of years. Me and a couple of friends each year. Uh, again, completely homer picks. Uh, first year we went Saquon Barkley all in, uh, and man, I was feeling so good about that for I was so ask long. If Nick, 
bet on Saquon to win the Heisman. I did. I did. The, the one year where he had a lot of hype behind him. And, dude, at one point, he was, like, the favorite, too. Yeah, and then Baker right. just started running away with it and throwing yeah. for 700 yards a game. But that one... That one crushed my soul a bit because we, I mean, we got it preseason. I mean, he was still, I think it was like a 14 to 1, 15 to 1. Yep. So there was, there was good value there. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's a running back. Running backs don't typically win the Heisman. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, last year, we had Trace McSorley, that same group of us, uh, just, you know, thought, hey, maybe Penn State's offense will be prolific again. And that kind of sputtered out. This year, I won't actually be able to bet on a Penn Stater because we don't have anyone. Uh, but we right. will get into some of your Heisman favorites in a minute. Uh, it's interesting you talk about uh, the win totals. I Because we'll, we'll get to Penn State's. They're at eight and a half. would love to hear your thoughts on that. But for me, win totals is like, you're right with the, the you know, kind of uh, professionals love to do it. But for me, it seems so like you wait so long and the odds are typically fairly flat. Like, how do you set mm. yourself up for like a season long bet where it's not that crazy nine to one, 10 to one payout? Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a point. Um, you know, the, the issue is you are, that's why it's called futures, right? Mm. You lay the money down and then you kind of forget about it until it's like November. And you're like, Oh shit, if they win this game, I hit my over yeah. or, Oh, so this guy is a leading candidate for the Heisman sick, you know? So, it's a it's a long term investment, but for the most part, all the other ones outside of the win totals, you get bigger numbers. So it's it, it's a low risk, high reward kind of proposition, right? Saquon Barkley, 14, 15 to one. I think I had got him at twelve to one. So if you got him at fourteen, you had a better number than I did. But, I was early on it. I was really yeah, early. yeah, yeah. Because then a lot, that's the thing, man. The hype train gets going, and then the lines just go start getting bet down, right? Like in the NFL, Mitchell Trubisky was like two hundred one odds, and some places it's like forty, and it's like, well, that, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um definitely donating your money on that one, but that's for another show. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So it's like forty one odds to do what? <laughs> to win the MVP. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, going back to that, it's like, I don't want to call it a safer bet because no bet is safe. Sure. But also, you know, a lot of these professional bettors, they bet thousands of dollars. And it is a safer investment than picking a Heisman. Whereas, like, a lot of things happen with that where you have an idea generally of how good a team is going to be. Yeah, I guess that makes sense when you talk about sort of the type of better. For me, betting a hundred dollars to win one ten at the end of the season isn't really exciting. But if you got someone dropping a hundred thousand, you know that might be a little bit different. Um, yeah. All right, so some other types of bets before we get into the specifics. Uh, speaking of college football in general, that always kind of throw me off. I, I don't actually win on, but week one, week two, when these top twenty-five and really probably top five, top ten powerhouses just play nobodies and the spreads are insane. So I'm on. Uh, I'm using FanDuel right now. Uh, for anyone who doesn't bet out there, check out multiple books. Odds are going to be different. Shop the lines. Right. Uh, but this right. one is legal, so going to look at it for right now. Week one, Clemson is a 35 and a half point favorite over Georgia Tech. Alabama, I think, is a 34 point favorite. Um, like when you look at that in college football, is there any strategy? Is there any sort of rhyme or reason to those powerhouses playing nobodies that you've seen? So powerhouses, when they play the quote-unquote nobodies, the numbers are always going to be super inflated, and especially early on in the year because one of the hardest things with college football is you get those rankings from, like, uh, the ESPN power index, and you get, like, oh, like, well, they had the number three recruiting class and whatnot. But, yeah, you don't really know what kind of impact these rookies are going to no, – sorry, not rookies, freshmen are going to have. 
So it's really hard to handicap a guy's impact. Like, sure, we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be a beast, but not like that, yeah. especially right away. Yeah. So you can get an edge early on in the season. And I think early on in the season is where if you have a strong take on someone, or if you have a gut feeling, go with it. I think that's the best time to take a stand, whether it's betting on a team, betting on a total, betting on whatever. Uh, if you play daily fantasy, also that's like because you're really basing your information on stuff that happened nine, ten months ago, mm. and it's hard, man. A lot of shit happens. A lot of shit yeah. happens in a week, right? So early on, uh, I know like Nick Saban is. I think he's covered all but two spreads in week one since he's been the coach at Alabama, and it's always like big spreads too. Yep. Check behind that as well. He has all this time to prepare for one particular opponent. And they're playing Duke, and it's like, yeah, I'm probably going to back Duke in college basketball, but not so much college football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot of people tend to be hesitant on big point spreads, but some of these teams, and also especially if you really know the coach, like if the coach is a dick and he likes to run the score up, mm. that doesn't really scare him. There's some coaches that kind of, you know, well, we're up 30, we'll put the backups in. Right. But if you know the coaches, that could be a nice edge too. Yeah, Nick Saban doesn't have a problem winning by 56. <laughs> yeah, he don't, he, he don't care at all. Very yeah. true. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when I first started, like, gambling for real. I opened up a Bovada account, you know, started started putting a couple bucks in there. I forget what team it was. It was, like, Florida or someone. And they were, like, it was, like, a 62-point favorite. And I was just, like, no chance, no way. So I bet on the underdog. And, of course, they won, like, 77 nothing. It's just, it's so ridiculous. But I do like that kind of stick with your gut early on in the season. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so kind of flipping to another bet that I find super intriguing, and I, I'm sure they have this for all sports, NFL, everything else, but games you can bet on that have lines right now that aren't happening till mid to late in the season. So for example, one that sticks out to us being in the Big Ten, um, I won't talk about Penn State yet, but Ohio State-Michigan. That game is not until November 30th. Right now, FanDuel has Michigan as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You have no idea what these teams are going to be 10 weeks into the season, however long into the season. How the hell do you look at single games down the line, or do you just try to stay away from those? So they do that every year. They call them the games of the year. Mm -hmm. A lot of rivalry games, a lot of big um, conference implications and whatnot. Um, yeah, also like in the NFL, they have advanced lines where they give you a line weeks 1 through 16. They never give you a line on week 17 because... You know, is this team playing for a top draft pick? What's the motivation behind that? Are they going to sit starters because they have a bye week? So that's a good way to see how things move, right? So, like, Michigan right now is a two-point two favorite, you said? Two and a half? Two and a half, yep. Right? So maybe Thanksgiving week, Ohio State is, like, a seven-point favorite. Yeah. Right? So that's a huge swing. And then you could see, well, Michi Michigan underperformed all this year. Ohio State has surpassed expectations. They look better in bigger games and whatnot. Um, yo, you can find some good value on it. I made a bet in the NFL. I believe it's a Week 11 game. The Chargers are at home, and they're getting three and a half points against Kansas City. I just think come the NFL season, I think I'm just, like, super high on the Chargers. Granted, I also made this bet about a month ago. I didn't know <laughs> Melvin Gordon and Derwin James would be out. Yep, so, of yep. course. That of course, that's how you know the sucks. cookie crumbles. And also, like, Tyreek Hill. I thought Tyreek Hill was going to be out, so I'm like, oh, shit, you know? Yep. So, anyway, um, I just think that the Chargers are ultimately going to be favored in that game, so I'd have a, a, a nice a nice uh, 
you got a cushion edge on the field yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could make bets like this all the time. Um, it go it goes back to the gut feeling, man. If like yeah. you know, Pat, if you think that Michigan's gonna suck this year, like you should just bet Ohio State now, for example. You know. Well, it is four fifty three Pacific Standard Time, and Michigan does still suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, and that, that one stuck out to me for, for that very reason. I mean, Michigan, like, we, we can't really talk, and this is one thing that pisses me off about, like, college football fan bases. Everyone wants to talk shit regardless of performance. Like, Michigan spanked us last year. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about them, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, like, they are typically very overhyped. Harbaugh is very overhyped, right? Like, whether what you think of him as a person, that's fine, but the last couple of years, they haven't performed. If you think Ohio State, Ryan Day, Justin Fields are, are going to be the real deal, two and a half you're getting. That's just, that's insane. You know, like you said, that they'll be favored. You got an extra cushion. That's, that's some nice money. Yep. All right. So let's, so, go ahead, Pat. I'm Chris, sorry. What's the, uh, what's the line on Penn State's eight and a half over under wins? Oh, we will. Like, you know what? Let's start there. Great segue, Pat. This is why we're good co-hosts. So let's start with Penn State over <laughs> under uh, we are at eight and a half. I actually haven't seen this fluctuate at all. Pat and I started looking at this months ago, um, and I, we talked about how I could, you know, could see it going up to nine, maybe down, um, but but not anything below an eight. Uh, so Penn State eight and a half. Where is it? Looking for it. Uh, it's over on Fanduel. The minus one fifteen under is a one hundred five. So pretty flat. What's uh? Let's start with Pat. Pat, what's your gut instinct on the over under eight and a half? Um, I mean, I I did not think that would move just because, I mean, basically, if you put it at nine, to bet the over, you think Penn State's going to win 10 games. For, you know, first year starting quarterback, that's ambitious. A lot of big pieces that left, that's 10 wins is quite a bit, and there's a lot that can go wrong with a first year quarterback. But I'm taking the over. Love it. At eight, eight and a half, I take that over. Love it, love it. I'll take nine wins. Speaking of uh, it being 4.54 or whatever, it is 4.55 p.m. on August 20th, and we still do not know who our starting quarterback is going to be, which is a topic for another time. Um, but basically, Nick, for your information, I don't know how much in tune you are with Penn State. We all think it's going to be Sean Clifford. We all know it's going to be Sean Clifford, but James Franklin just hasn't announced it yet. Um, so, yeah, over under 8.5 with, with the, the VIG kind of being very even. Um, I'm guessing there hasn't been a ton of action either way or, or similar action either way. Uh, what do you see on that line, Nick? So, one of the biggest advantages you could have, in, I think, in college football is returning your quarterback and your head coach. Um, and then you kind of just look at, like, well, how many starters are you returning? Um, that's, like, how I would power rank it, especially with, like, you see a lot of coaches, like, just get up and leave or coordinators and whatnot. Mm. Um, so Penn state minus uh, 155, uh, 115, excuse me. I'm using FanDuel also because FanDuel is like right up the block. If we consider you know, <laughs> living in New Jersey. Um, yep. Yeah, man. I think the biggest question mark is the new quarterback coming in, right? Uh, who's it going to be? And kind of some questions at the skill player's position, right? Like, I love Miles Sanders, and I know, you know, not to give it too much away, we have some fun stuff planned later on that you guys uh, sent me, but you know, like, it's hard, right? Um, uh, KJ Hamill, or Hamler, I think Hamlet. is a wide receiver, yep. too. Yep. Like, it's just it's just a lot of unknown, and, and ultimately, what I like to look at is how many games are you favored in, and then, especially in college football, like, your rivalry games, so mm -hmm. 
in the perceived big games, um, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, and uh, Michigan State, they're a dog in all three of those games. Nick sounds like he's about ready to take the under here, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, just a lot of question marks, man. A lot of question marks, and you know, uh, Pat, we were kind of talking off air before we started recording. I'm a quote unquote adopted uh, Penn State fan because okay. uh, my my aunt has been. Uh, dating this guy who's a famous alumni from Penn State. Like, he's not a guy you guys would know, but, like, in the economics world he is. And my parents go to a game every year. They were actually at the game, the Ohio State, uh, the kick, the block kick. Oh, touchdown right game. The, Yeah, the whiteout game. Or, or white, yeah, I yep. think it was the whiteout game. Yep. Um, so, like, yeah, they go to a game every year. And Pat, if you were wondering, my invite was always lost in the mail. Uh, <laughs> I not go. But, you know, James Franklin, like, I like them at Vanderbilt. I like them at Penn State too. But like, I don't know if if I trust them in big games. Am I? Am I like you guys follow the program more, right? So uh, I see Chris. You're nodding your head. So I like to when when like you guys cover Penn State. So obviously you know more about Penn State for me. So me as an outsider to say that, I feel validated by you shaking your head like that. It's it's something we've talked about a lot, and and. Pat and I, are, we'll go on record 100 times out of 100. We love James Franklin. We're huge supporters of him. We want to see us take that next step to be that elite team and, and crush the Big Big Ten opponents. But there, there have been some question marks. Like, I mean, those, those three teams that you just named have been really rough over the tenure. Um, like, I don't, know the, I don't know the exact record off my head. I should pull that up. But, um, yeah, when you're, when you're looking at an eight and a half, um, there's a little room for error there. You know, you got to win. You got to win a couple of those games and not falter anywhere else. Like we got Iowa, who always plays us tough. Um, you know, there's not a lot of other games that we should lose, quote unquote. When you look at, you know, the Rutgers, the Pitt, Idaho, Buffalo, all those kind of warm up games. But yeah, those those big time prime time games are the ones that kind of scare me. I will personally never bet the under just because I can't. I'm, I'm a homer, and I just like I'm not going to root for us not to do that. That's not fun. Um, but yeah, it, I, it it worries me. I think I think nine and three is like that's where I'm setting it as very realistic, um, and, and I do think that's I think that's feasible. Um, but like an eight and four wouldn't it would be super upsetting, but it wouldn't completely shock me with a lot of new pieces. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, nine and three, I think, should be the you know obviously the goal is twelve and zero and you know college football playoff, but like the the sort of realistic goal that you set for yourself as a team every year is you'd be happy if Penn State went nine and three. Yeah. With a brand new quarterback, a lot of young guys. I mean, we, I've talked about how I hate hearing that, that we're young, we're young, we're young, but it is part of the truth. Um, like my official prediction and Pat, we'll do that probably next week uh, going into the season. I think my official prediction will be 10 and two because I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to give us that moxie. We'll, we'll steal a win somewhere. Um, but, but yeah, if you're looking at over yeah. under eight, and a half, Michigan and Beaver stadium, look at you, man. I love it. Um, Nick, that is the whiteout this year, Michigan at home in Beaver stadium. And they crushed us last year. Year, so that's going to be a big revenge game. Really looking forward to that. Um, but when it comes to this bet, like if gun to my head, I'm going to take the over. But honestly, this is one I might just stay away from. Which isn't it isn't the worst thing ever, too, man. Like I think a lot of people make mistakes that they feel like they have to they have to bet, uh-huh. and that just comes like with maturity. Um, I used to be someone that, I, dude, I would bet every day, <laughs> um, literally every single day. I bet so, um you know, I realized that, like, the worst thing you could bet on is baseball. Mm. It's such a big sample size, and it's like, well, is this team going to get up for a matinee against the Padres 
in the middle of July. Like, you can't handicap that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to bet baseball, bet the series, right? Oh, like, there you go. Bit, because, you know, it's three games. Yeah, that's pitching matchups. yeah, that's still tough. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a team could drop seven games in a row and, like, sure, it sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Like, I'm yeah. a Mets fan, and the Mets went on crazy losing streaks, and now they just got hot. They won, like, 25 of 30 games, and they're back in the wild card convention. But it's just, um, yeah, like, I would look, you know, uh, they're a three-and-a-half-point dog to Michigan. They're at home. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog against Michigan State at Michigan State. And then, you know, anywhere from nine-and-a-half to 13-and-a-half against Ohio State. So it's going to be tough, man. You're cutting it close with nine and nine and four, you said. Yeah. Nine and three, excuse me. Yep, yep. So first and foremost, condolences on being a Met fan. Pat and I are both Yankee fans, so feel you on that one. Um, and, and yeah, it's 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 a tough one. Uh, that spread on Ohio State actually surprises me with, with them ushering in a new head coach and new quarterback as well, but understandably so. Um, What's the line on that again? What'd you say, Nick, between nine and 13? Uh, yeah, so the um, Westgate... Has it at thirteen and a half? That's in Vegas, and Fanduel has it at nine and a half. So, like, that would be an example of shopping the lines, right? Yeah, so if you want to take that right now. <laughs> yeah, so you would. I mean, you guys are closer to Vegas than I am. I was actually supposed to be in Vegas this weekend, but oh. it, didn't, uh, it didn't go through. Um, got a couple of fantasy drafts and whatnot, so had to there you pass. Go. But that would be something that I would make that bet at the Westgate. Like, it's important to shop the lines and. There's so many, like, Vegas Insider is a tremendous database. They have all the, the, the actual, you know, brick-and-mortar casinos and the odds over there. So, yeah, you know, one book might have them as a 7-point favorite. The other one might have them as a 10. So, like, it's good to do your due diligence and shop. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one. I mean, we were talking about earlier shopping a line in the future. Penn State plus 13, Ohio State. Pat, what you say? Let's take that right now. I'll take that. Like, I mean, and the way we've played in the past few years, I'll take it. The last few years have all been decided by, like, a handful of points every game, last possession. I mean, that is, especially, like I said, Ryan Day, I think he's going to be fine, but he's a brand-new head coach replacing Urban Meyer. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Justin Fields, he was a one-time Penn State verbal commit. Like, we know he's super talented, but you got everything surrounding him, leaving Georgia, going there. 13 and a half, book it. Let's take it. All right. Uh, moving on. I want to make one question first. Go for it. Um, you, you were talking before about like that bet you feel like you have to take. Um, I was wondering, because like mine is like, every year uh, when we're doing like the NCAA pool, like the, the brackets. Right. Every time Seton Hall's in, I have to take Seton Hall in the first round. I have to. And it never, never pays off. Is there a bet still to this day that you feel like you have to take every time? I've bet a hundred dollars on the New York Giants to win the Super Bowl every year that Eli Manning's in the quarterback. <laughs> okay, paid off twice. That's true. Oh, you say you won twice. Are you in the positives or, or uh, are you in the red or black on that? Man, you know a lot of people don't believe me when I say this. When I bet futures, I'm way in the green. Okay. Uh, it's the, it's the week to week and falling in love with parlays when I was younger that probably has me in a hole. Because ultimately, man, like not for nothing. Uh, you know, there's been a big controversy on Twitter. I don't know if you guys are Daily Fantasy fans or whatnot, but, you know, you have all these guys that sell you their subscriptions and their lineups and whatnot, and they charge ridiculous, ridiculous prices. And it's a ripoff. Um, and, you know, they've been exposed where, you know, they, they win all these seats to live finals and whatnot, but then there's still like seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 in debt. 
because they waste all this money and they win their money back by, you know, charging us three. Well, here's five hundred dollars. Here's my season long package. And it's like, no, you're corny for that. Me, yeah. I've always prided myself on my whole thing and how I've tried to, you know, build my show is I'll give you the numbers, I'll give you the stats, I'll give you why certain things mean what they mean, and then it's like, yo, Chris, Pat, here, listen to the show. You guys make your own decisions. It's also a way to not get bad tweets that <laughs> way too. Yeah. You know? So that's how I like to do it. But yeah, to answer your question, I always I always bet the Giants to win the Super Bowl. Um the the last one they won in twenty eleven, there were fifty to one odds Ooh. after they played the Packers. And I went to that game, played the Packers, they were six and six. I remember telling my friends, I'm like, yo, they could win the Super Bowl. Like Packers that year were fifteen and one. I was like, they could do it. They thought I was crazy and being a homer, but it was like that litmus test, you know? Same thing in 2017, week 17. Pats are undefeated, and, like, the Giants had no incentive to play that game. They went out there. They played them tough. Pats won by, by you know, single digits, and then it's like, well, come Super Bowl, we can hang with these guys. So, yeah, that's my that's my annual bet every year. Fair. Love it, love it. And yeah, quick shout-out. I know I mentioned at the top, but anyone who's interested in sports betting, the information that goes behind it, Degeneration Bets is a fantastic show. Um, again, Nick, thanks for coming on. I listen to that show. I love it because I, I, I enjoy seeing, like, the logic and the rationale. I don't play a lot of Daily Fantasy, but when you look at, like, the, the matchups and what the point total is and the game script and all those things, it's, like, it's super fascinating how much goes into this. Like, right. sure, you can just throw 100 bucks on whatever you want, but if you actually want to put some time in and learn, it, especially with how many states is it legal in now? I mean, it, it seems like it's more and more every day. Um, like, it, it's something to learn. You, you can make some money if you want to put the time into it. Yep. Uh, so talking about bets, you always have to make a good segue into our next one here. Uh, we're going to talk about Big Ten Conference. So this is one that I have personally made the last couple of years, and, and one of the first ones I actually won big on. Uh, that 2016 year, uh, that, that blocked return against Ohio State, we went on, won the Big Ten that year. Um, you know, that was a year where we weren't really expected to do anything. I think I, I, I basically put bets on everything that I could. Big Ten East, Big Ten, college football playoff, national champion, all that kind of stuff. Um, ended up winning Big Ten East, Big Ten championship. I think one of the bets was like 25 bucks, paid out 800 or something. I was living pretty. I was so happy with that. <laughs> um, but this year, obviously, it's, it's a little bit different of a landscape. Uh, Penn State over the last couple of years having some success. You're not going to get those crazy, crazy odds anymore, but there's there's still some value to be had. Uh, so if we first look at the division winners, Big Ten is East and West. Big Ten East, a lot of people talk about one of the toughest uh, divisions in college football. you got Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Those are four pretty pretty talented teams that you got to run through every year. So looking at FanDuel, Big Ten East, Ohio State is the favorite, minus 110. Michigan is second at plus 170. Michigan State is third at plus 650. And then Penn State, fourth at plus 750. What are your initial thoughts on that? If we pretend we didn't just say that they might only win eight or nine games. I, I think that's very telling when you look at their odds to win just the Big Ten championship. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. Are they the fourth favorite in that list that you read to me? Uh -huh. Fourth favorite in the East, yep. But they're the third favorite to win the whole Big Ten. So, like, I don't know if that's a, a, a website error or whatnot, but there are. you'd be surprised. There's a lot more glitches than people think in systems. Really? Um, yeah, I actually play. So, I play MMA DFS because my buddy Jared Gordon fights in the UFC. So yeah, Jared. Yeah, we actually, uh, you want to talk about a fun story. We bet him. He was like, uh, he was like minus 125, his first fight, debut fight. 
uh, finished the guy in the second round. And we put a lot, like we put one big ticket. <laughs> we went over to FanDuel. Uh, sorry, we actually, you know, uh, made a couple phone calls. I'll keep it, I'll keep it yep, like that. Yep. Um, yeah, we put a big bet, and the guy was like, "Who the fuck is this guy that you guys are betting on?" We're like, "Ah, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we we know him." And he's like, "Really?" We're like, "Yeah, you know, he's just a friend. Like, he's not very good, man. Should be an underdog, but you know, we're homer pick." And it just starts this dude. So, started playing uh, daily fantasy MMA too. But then, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, when you're looking at the lines. One had this dude at like plus three hundred as an underdog, and then another book had him at minus one thirty. And it was wow. like, all right, so depending on which side you believed, there was a huge, huge value play in either direction. So like I don't know if this is a, an error, but it's telling that you know Penn State is ten to one to win the Big Ten championship. So I feel like that would be a good bet for their, you know, their their side of the Big Ten also. Yeah, and basically, if we put down 100, we'd win 750. Right. Yeah, for Big Ten East, and then for, if you want to pick them Big Ten, uh, you put down 100, you win 1,000. So if you, if you, I mean, if you double down and you take both of those, there's some payday there. Um, and let's be honest, if we win the Big Ten East, we're winning the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's actually, that's an incredible point, Pat. I'm happy you brought that up, because that, that's what I was going to say, is it's interesting to me, like, I, I do agree, it's difficult to win the Big Ten East. Like, there's, like I said, it's one of the toughest divisions in college football. But once you get to the Big Ten Championship, I mean, the West is just, they're not that good. Um, and that, that's super interesting to me just because of the difference in the value, too. So if you look at the Big Ten Championship, uh, you got Ohio State plus 150, Michigan at plus 225, and then it jumps to Wisconsin and Penn State, uh, both at 10 to 1. So they're basically saying Ohio State or Michigan is going to win the East, and whichever one of them wins is just going to steamroll the West champion. Um, so if you believe in Penn State to win the East, the value here is really, really good. Yeah, I also think that with um, – I think that's a hell of a point that Pat brought up about if you're going to win the East, you're going to win the championship. And I always tell people, like, yo, if you're going to bet – if you're overly confident in a team to win a Super Bowl or to win their conference, it's like uh, – sorry, not their conference, or to win, like, the national championship, it's like, well, bet them to win their conference too and just double down, right? Because – you know, why not make, you know, I'm a big Giants fan, but I really like the Eagles this year. Yeah, I'm sure it might make some of your audience uh, pumped about that, you know, Eagles being from Pennsylvania and whatnot. But, um, yeah, like I want to bet them for the NFC, the, the, the East, the, the Conference, the Super Bowl, all that, you know. So, like, why not just double and triple down if, if you have that strong of a take? So, yeah, that's a hell of a point, man. And I don't think a lot of people exploit that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at the last couple of years, too. I mean, it's been... Ohio State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan State. I mean, you run it back. The Big Ten East has just been – I mean, and th this goes back to when they had – they used to call it the Legends and the Leaders, which is one of the all-time worst naming conventions I've ever heard. It was so fucking dumb. But, like, this crew, it's been Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Surprisingly, Michigan is not in there. Suck it. Um, I knew I'd get a suck it reference in here somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I love that bet, and that's one I'm absolutely going to make. Because again, like the, the eight and a half over under is like, for me, it's like there's the, the payout there. Like you got to sweat out all season for a smaller payout. For this, 10 to 1, 7.5 to 1. You put 100 bucks on both of those. Like if, if we go on this magical run, Sean Clifford is our guy at QB. The offense comes together because we know our defense is going to be good. I mean, that's 
that, that's reminiscent of that 2016 season where everything just kind of came together. So I personally love this bet. This is my favorite one. I think when we started mm-hmm. talking about this a couple months ago, they were even higher. I think they were at like a 14 or 15 to one. So things have changed a little bit. Um, but I love this bet, and I, I will absolutely be making this one. I'll go in on that with you. Love it. Love it. We're going we're gonna to do a lot of betting this season, Pat. And I, last year, we talked a lot about it. Uh, we, we made some small bets throughout the season, but we're going to have some fun segments. So for all the listeners who are, are hanging on every word that Nick is giving you about gambling here, stay tuned because we're going to have a lot of good shit for you this season. Should we pass our little idea by Nick? What's that? Should we pass our idea by Nick? The oh, yeah. Day? Yeah, okay. So this is, a, this is a new segment idea we have, Nick. I want to hear your thoughts. I don't know if it's fully legal, but we're going to try it out. Uh, so every week I'm going to put out a tweet, uh, asking for people's best big 10 bet of the week. We're going to call it the big 10 people's parlay. So every week people put in their favorite bet. It's got to be a spread or a total, not money line. Cause those suck for parlays. Um, <laughs> at least in this sense, uh, yeah, yeah. everyone's going to reply what their favorite bet is of the week. And then Pat and I are going to go through those replies and pick our favorites. We'll pick at least four to make it a nice parlay. If we're feeling risky, we maybe pick it five or six. We're going to actually place that bet, and if we win, we're going to split the money with whoever options we picked. Huh. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a clever idea to get people involved. Right? Because um, people yeah, don't want to spend their own money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that could be cool. That could be something that could catch on. Um, yeah, go for it, man. I'm all, I'm all for getting <laughs> creative and whatnot. Yeah, like Lucio throws in 20 bucks a week on this parlay, $40 parlay. Yeah, yeah. You know, what would that come in at? Like six to one. There's a six game parlay, forty bucks. Uh yeah. So you're looking. So um, forty bucks is a is a harder number to do the odds. But like, say ten bucks, uh, a three teamer would be sixty dollars. So you're probably looking at like, yeah, pr- probably close to like four hundred, five hundred bucks. I'd say. Okay, all right. Roughly. That's not uh, bad. So for all the uh, listeners, all you gotta do is tweet your favorite bet. If we happen to pick it. Guess what? You're in in the running to win some money. Um, so we we got to iron out some of the details there, figure it out. But um, yeah, sure we don't win a bet and lose money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be uh, it'll be something fun. Get people engaged, and, and again, for people that don't actually want to put money down, don't actually want to sign up somewhere, be a little fun thing to to kind of get the juices flowing. Right. All right, speaking of juice flowing, uh, we talked about Penn State, so we got our under over. We got a Big Ten conference. Let's talk a little bit about uh, college football in general. We, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but two of, two of the bets that a lot of people love because of the juicy payouts are college football playoff champion and then uh, the Heisman Trophy. So let's start with the college football playoff. Uh, we are in year six, I believe. Uh, if we go back, Ohio State won the inaugural one, and then Alabama-Clemson have been trading punches for the last four years. Um, Alabama-Clemson are obviously going to be the heavy favorites, but Nick, tell us tell us what we should actually be looking for, or are we just going to be stuck with uh, Alabama-Clemson again? Well, I, I hate to break it to you. It, it does seem like you might be stuck with Alabama-Clemson again. Um you know, just a, a cheap plug. I had a friend of mine who now works for the Big Ten Network, and she's a Alabama alum. And I asked her, like, is it cool that, you know, it's Bama Clemson again, right? And they're the overwhelming favorites, um, significant favorites, actually. And what do you make of that? And obviously she said it's not a big deal because she's a homer, and it's cool because we all are one way or another. But, yeah, it's very lopsided. Um 
you know, betting a team, I think, to make the college football playoff is probably a better bet than them winning it. So the example that I used was Georgia. Mm. Georgia was um, plus 300 to make the college football playoff as opposed to them being plus 700 to win the college football playoff. So I would rather bet Georgia to make the college football playoff than them to win it. That's what would be one of my preferred bets. Uh, I think it's very lopsided. There's, I don't think there's ever been two teams that dominant coming in, like Alabama and Clemson. Um, so it's going to lead to a lot of – everyone's probably going to punt on, like, deep long shots. And, like, people love the Longhorns, and I think that's an overreaction to how good they looked against Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl. But also, like, Georgia kind of was just – they went all in to beat Bama, and they didn't make the college football playoff. It's like, all right, now I got to get up for this game, and the Sugar Bowl is not the Sugar Bowl it used to be because right. of the college football playoff where if you're a powerhouse team with national title implications and hopes and dreams, if you don't make that college football playoff, it's like I might not like, you know, McCaffrey, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Leonard Fournette, they didn't play in their bowl games. Yeah. It's like, I'm, and I'm all for that. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but, like, yo, if I'm a top prospect and I'm not playing for a national title, like, I'm not playing in the – uh, the Doritos Cool Ranch Bowl, right? Like, my bad. It's cool. I'm going to pass on that one. I think it's totally understandable if you don't play for Penn State and you decide not to play in your bowl game. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. So wait, Pat, if we're, if we're in the Doritos Cool Ranch Bowl and KJ Handler has an incredible season ready to go to the NFL, you want him to risk that in the Doritos Cool Ranch Bowl? Very selfishly, absolutely. Wow. Okay, so we kind of I'm not saying that. he should. But I'm saying I would really, really enjoy it if he did. Okay, all right, that's that, that's fair because I think those are two different things. I agree. I would love, I would have loved to see Leonard Fournette. I loved when Saquon Barkley did play in the Fiesta Bowl. That yeah. was awesome. But if he had blown out a knee, torn ACL, it would have been devastating. It would have felt like shit. So well, well, dude, the uh, that linebacker just got paid from the Cowboys. Yeah, it was uh, Jalen got, Smith. Jalen Smith just got paid. And yeah, that was another uh, game, right? Yeah, I'm pretty hyped for him because that dude got hurt in his bowl game, and he was a top ten pick. And then from there, he, um, you know, he second or third rounder, yeah, and he, he got paid. So yeah, good for yeah, him. Good yeah, for he him. got a lot yeah, of guaranteed money too. <laughs> yeah, he's like the third highest paid linebacker. So good for him. him. Good for him. All right, so we're looking at uh, college football playoff. Clemson is the favorite at plus one seventy. Got Trevor Lawrence coming back. That offense is just. Crazy good. Alabama not far behind at plus 230, which in the grand scheme of things, those are basically even in my eyes. Uh, and then it jumps up to Georgia at 10 to 1. Uh, you have a lot of the usual suspects in there. Ohio State is 15 to 1. Oklahoma 15 to 1. Michigan 19 to 1. And then you start getting into the long shots. Florida, Texas, both 40 to 1. Oregon is in there, 48 to 1. There's a bunch of players. You get down to Penn State at 100 to 1. So, Pat, here's another bet that, of course, we're going to make because why not? 100 yeah. to 1. But out of all those other names that I just rattled, um, Pat, is there anyone that you have your eye on for the national championship that maybe isn't Clemson or Bama? Um, I mean, I kind of agree with uh, Nick that, it, that it's definitely overhyped, but Texas at 41 is good value. True. If, I mean, we've you been know, asking for like, looks good. We've been asking for what, like 20 years if Texas, Texas is back? Maybe they're finally back? I think I agree with you that you know, Georgia probably didn't really get up for that Sugar Bowl game. They weren't all there. But, I mean, Texas had to play extremely well just to get to that Sugar Bowl game. You know? They had to be a... a well, they, they were a top-ten team, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, had, they did have to be back in order just to get to the Sugar Bowl. So, but it is... I mean, 40-1, to 1, that's a lot of money. 
It is. I, I, that's good value. It is. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, I mean, what's Ohio State at? I, did you say them? Ohio State fifteen to one. Fifteen to one. That's pretty good too. Same thing. Yeah. There's again, I mean, someone who could be a really dynamic quarterback. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, you if and I are not going to sell great. our souls to the devil and yeah, bet on yeah. Ohio State. But if somebody listening to this wants to, that's really good. Really, really good value at fifteen to one. Because um, again, yeah, they've they've. They've, they won the first one, and then they've been in it twice more, I think. A um, couple others here. You got obviously a committee favorite to get to the playoff. Yeah, yeah. So just to, to get to the playoff, let's see. That's actually a good one we can rattle on here. Um, Ohio State plus 170 to get to the playoff. Those are That's like that's basically them saying, yeah, we think there's a good shot. They're going to get to the playoff. Yeah. Um, Penn, State's not actually, Penn State's not listed on get to the playoff. Um, They're listed in win the national championship and not get the playoffs. Well, everybody's listed in win the national championship. So, they, they throw yeah, everything out there because they want the suckers like us who throw 20 bucks yeah. on 100 to 1, 50 bucks on 100 to 1. Uh, Michigan to get to the playoff is plus 280 um, to actually win it. Let's see. Actually, yeah, I didn't get it. You said they were 19 to 1? Uh, 19 to 1, correct. Yeah, there's a lot of Michigan hype. You know what there's a lot of hype on too? Uh, Nebraska. Which I don't. I, I, I was going to talk about that too. I don't get it because I mean they weren't even like they had some flashes last season, but they finished under five hundred, right? Yeah, I think they won like four or five games. It was crazy. Um, they have Adrian Martinez, who is supposedly a really, really good quarterback. I'll be. I honest. do like the coach too. Scott Frost. Yep, came in yeah. from from UCF after winning the national championship down there with them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I haven't watched the tape on Nebraska, but everyone loves them. They're an eighty to one to win the national championship. Um, like Nick said, I, I think I, I do think it is. It's Clemson, it's Bama, but like if you want to have fun and just throw some darts, like all of these teams, I would say I would say once you get to the hundred plus, and like we're on that cusp. Once you're a hundred to one or more, like you are just putting your money like down the drain. Um, yeah. But they're they're all listed. Shit, you could bet on. Let's see the highest one. Uh, Western Kentucky is. Uh, let's see, my system is running. A uh, thousand to one. They are the. There's about ten teams that are a thousand to one. So it's there. It's there if you want to bet it. But um, what I thought was actually really interesting is FanDuel has a bet that you can you can make. And Nick was talking about this a little bit earlier about betting matchups. Um, so they have Clemson and Bama to meet in the 2020 national championship, and that's plus 250. So if you do think it's going to be a repeat, that's not bad. All in. You in on that one? 250. All in, because you got to figure that they're going to be the one and two C, right? So yep. they're not going to play each other. Yep. Um, especially where you look at the ratings for that game, they're probably going to want them to be in the game again. So I'd be shocked, shocked if they're not one two. So <clears throat> by them I'll doing you, that, I'll tell you what, Chris, I have to imagine once if Penn State does come out with odds to be in the playoff, mm-hmm. I have to imagine it's going to be at least fifty one, right? Um. Yeah, it'll be it'll be high. Yeah, it'll be real high. We, we have, have like, like some amount of money in like our little account for the podcast. Yes, yeah, we got some we we put all sponsorships. I said we put it all on Penn State going to the college football playoffs. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> FanDuel doesn't have it right now, but we'll find it. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, because if they're a hundred to one to win it, um, I mean they got to get through the Big Ten, but we've seen that doesn't even guarantee getting in it. So yeah, we will find that. And listeners, if you're listening, this is this is just solid gold. Find that bet and go in on it with us. Um, all right, so let's let's pivot from national championship. I think we're all kind of in agreement. It's probably going to be Bama, Clemson, but there are some fun long shots if you if you want to just throw a couple bucks. Um, the other big future that everybody loves is the Heisman, right? We just talked about it earlier. Um, 
people are always huge homers. You want to bet on your guy because you think your guy's going to be amazing. Um, not surprisingly, usual suspects at the top. Trevor Lawrence, plus 200. Tua Tagovailoa, plus 330. Um, there's actually a bet on here, too, similar Tua and Trevor versus the field. Basically saying it's going to be one of them or it's going to be somebody else. And that's a one, minus 110, minus 110. Um, so, Nick, I'll let you take a first crack at this. What are your thoughts on the Heisman? I'll read off some of the other guys in a bit, but interested to see what you think. So, it's, it's very, very important, important to note, note that, that um, the, the last, last five, five years, years, the top five favorites coming into the season have not won the Heisman Trophy. Oh, wow. So okay. That, that trend, trend continues. continues. Process of elimination, no Tua, no Trevor Lawrence, no Justin Fields, no Jalen Hurts, no Adrian Martinez, from what I see here per uh, Bovada. Yeah. Um, so the field. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Sean Clifford's in that field, so <laughs> I'm liking the field. Um, and also, like, I think since 2000, only two non-quarterbacks have won the award, too. So, like, the idea of... You know, um, this dude from Alabama that's like the number one wide receiver, Judy. Yep. Jerry Judy. Like, yeah. you know, you got to think that if he's having a good year, that two is having a good year. So, like, kind of just cancels out. Yep. Um, man, I, I really like Justin Herbert, 20 to 1. Um, again, going back with the running back team, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, they're probably going to run up to the ground. But, you know, that one year where I forgot who the running back was, but, like, wasn't it Monty Ball? Yeah, Monty Ball, that yep. one you had, had like a moss in, like he didn't win the Heisman. It's like, well, if that guy, <laughs> that guy had like 30 <laughs> touchdowns or some shit, yeah, it's like, well, if he didn't win it, then it's not happening. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, look, Jalen Hurts, back to back years, the Heisman Trophy winner has come from Oklahoma. So, um, my buddy Mike, who's here right now, is he's made an investment on Oklahoma this year. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, if that trend continues, but yeah, come on. No, I saw Jalen Hurts was funny. So he got named, he just got named the starter like two days ago and everyone was tweeting out the same joke. Like, congrats on the Heisman and being the first pick in the NFL draft because you had Baker and Kyler. I, I don't see Jalen Hurts that same way. I think he's I think he's talented. I think he'll run that offense. I don't know if he's the same playmaker as those guys. Um, but yeah, it's, there's, I mean, this board to me is wide open right now if, if you're taking away those top five guys. Yeah, and I would... Um... Man, it's, it's hard, hard though, because you know, like, like Kyler Murray wasn't on this list really. Like, like he was a pretty long shot, and then he took off. There's always a random guy that's gonna play himself into there, you know. So, um, yeah, I like Herbert. I think that's a really solid pick at twenty to one. So Justin Herbert, QB at Oregon, uh, he had a lot of buzz uh, about going to the NFL last year. Was arguably the number one prospect. Um, I mean, your thoughts on Daniel Jones and and Dwayne Haskins aside. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to go and thought he was going to be a big-time NFL guy, and he said he wanted to come back one more year, and shit, as long as he stays healthy and has a great year, he's going to get himself paid as well. So I think 20-1, to 1, really great value. For our Penn State listeners, he has a weapon in Jawan Johnson transferred Ooh. from Penn State to Oregon. So if you want a little bit of a connection there, if you want to root for Jawan. Um, Pat, what are, you, what are you seeing in the Heisman? What do you think? Here's, Here's what, what I will say about, uh, when we, we talk about Jalen Hurts, though, is he's playing in the, the Big 12, 12 now, so his numbers, numbers are going to, like, double. double. That's, That's got to help. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. that video, video game conference. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but I'd go with I'd go with the field. Okay, like um, that one. There's, there's going to be so much attention on Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I think it's hard for guys to have those monster first years and come back and then do it again their sophomore year. Uh, yeah, Tua and I think with Tua, you've kind of seen that in big games he can have some difficulties. 
Interesting. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence one is it's tough for me, man, because he just I mean, true freshman to come in and play the way he did. It's like it's hard to see him just not being this generational talent. Um, but I agree with you guys. If we look down the board, um, it's it's not going to be a running back. Like like you mentioned, if it wasn't Monte Ball for me, if it wasn't Saquon that year <laughs> that we thought he was going to get it. Like, Christian McCaffrey. It, McCaffrey. I know he lost was a running back, back but like, like, how do you beat the all-purpose yards in NCAA history? history. Barry Sanders record and don't win the highest. Who did he lose to? Um, what's his name from Alabama? The running back. Oh, Derrick Henry? Was that that yeah. year? Okay, interesting. Um, if it is a running back, though, I will say, I love DeAndre Swift at Georgia. Um, they, they've pumped out some really great running backs the last couple of years, and this kid is, I think, better than a bunch of them that they've had. I mean, they just had, what, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. I mean, Todd Gurley's a little bit older, but... DeAndre Swift, Philly kid, he was a Penn State target. Like, I think he's going to do really, really big things. Probably not going to bet on him for a Heisman, but um, that's interesting. I think it's really funny that uh, FanDuel still has Tate Martell listed as 50-1 to 1 when he's not even the starter at Miami. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I'm probably going to cop out because Herbert was my pick as well. I, I don't see anything is, else. Is Ellinger on that list? Ellinger is 20-1 to 1 as well. Well, that's, that's not, not bad, bad value for a guy, you know, big, big market. market. Again, a conference where you can put up video game numbers. numbers. Yeah. People love, love Texas. Texas. Yeah, very true. Have a good season. Very true. People love them there, too. Um, the only other one on here, and I, I've been shitting on Michigan, which is, is natural, but Shea Patterson at 30-1. to 1. Uh, They got a new offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis, former Penn State wide receivers coach. If he actually does rejuvenate that offense like like Harbaugh thinks he's going to, uh, and Shea Patterson is just this this top quarterback that he was supposed to be coming out of high school, that's probably one that I would I would probably flirt with as well at thirty to one. Um, so yeah, basically to wrap all of that up, we have no fucking idea. The Heisman is one of the hardest things to predict. Uh, like Nick said, the last couple of years, it's not been one of those top guys. So. Yeah, take your chances, throw a couple bucks on it, have fun with it. That's that's my thing for the Heisman. It's like pick a guy that you love and you want to cheer for every week and just, just enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah, try to remember, remember that, that, you know, say, say probably, probably not, not going to happen, happen, but say one, one of these top, top guys, guys lose early. You're going to see their odds inflate. inflate. You know, the Mariota example I used before. Don't be afraid to double down, you know. So look at the schedule. Is it going to be a cupcake? Are they going to be able to bounce back? Always better to lose early than late, especially with the college football playoff, as they say. So, yeah, just something to consider with that. Yeah, yeah, really great point. Um, and we'll, we'll probably look at the same thing, too, at the Big Ten Conference, right? Like, if if Ohio State and Michigan look amazing early on, if we have maybe a one-game stumble um, where maybe we don't even lose, but it's like a tight win over a team we should have blown out, you might see that Penn State number jump up. Um, so keep an eye on it throughout the weeks. Um <clears throat> We're shopping for value. That's all this is, right? I think everything we've talked about here is, yes, I'm a homer. Yes, I love betting on Penn State, but you got to find value wherever you can. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap up with uh, some rapid fire here. And I say rapid fire, but it'll take as long as we want. Uh, Penn Staters in the NFL. So over the last couple of years, we've seen uh, more influx of skill positions than, than we have in, in recent history. Um, we've had a, a lot of Penn Staters go in the early rounds, some of the later guys who have uh, kind of shown their flashes, uh, and want to want to understand Nick from your expect your expectations of these guys. Um, now I know you do a lot of daily fantasy. Do you play like regular fantasy football too, or is are all your eggs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in, in a, a I'm, I'm, I'm in, in a league, league with, with my buddies, buddies and the childhood, childhood friends. friends. I, used I used to be in a bunch of leagues, leagues man, man, and then it got, got to a point where like 
Julio Jones, Jones scores a touchdown and it benefits me on two teams, but burns me on six. And it's like I can't, I can't do this. I was forgetting to set lineups because I was in so many leagues. I just got too much. And then as the years went on, I got more invested in daily fantasy. And then it's the one league I really care about. Actually, my belt because we play with, uh, we have a belt where you know that person carries it the whole year. I won it last year. The most mediocre, mediocre season ever. I went like, I went six and seven. I got in off a like a points four tiebreaker. Uh, my, my best, best player was, like, Keenan Allen. It was a very, very <laughs> subpar team. Um, Nick Chubb was my saving grace, really. I had him. I actually drafted him and just kind of kept him all year. Um, yeah, but I, uh, I I definitely play fantasy. It's a pretty competitive league. Nice little payout. Um, yeah, but, yeah, daily fantasy, yearly fantasy. Um, um, submerged in both. There you go. Pat, do you play any daily fantasy? Because I personally haven't gotten into it a whole lot. Um, I tried it out a little bit a couple of years ago. Uh, it was just, just it was too hard to finish in any like significant money. And then once that scandal with like all the guys who worked it, I think it was FanDuel DraftKings. Yeah, they were going back in and changing their lives. Like this is all fucking scam. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? All my friends felt that way too until I started winning. And like I'm not a pro and. Uh, I, don't I don't play, play like, like a, a lot, lot of these guys. What they, they do is they enter twenty five, thirty thousand dollars worth of entries. It's like, like yeah, yeah, if you play all these combinations and you max enter so many contests, you're gonna get a return. You know, well, where I was, I was playing, playing like a hundred, two hundred bucks a week, and I was winning. You know, I took down some GPPs. I had, I mean, twenty sixteen. Uh, I actually was ready to go buy a car that was would have been a, a terrible idea to do. Uh, looking back on it now. But, but yeah, yeah, like I was like balling like, out. out. I, I fixed my whole room up. I did, you know, I bought a dog. I went crazy. <laughs> right? So um, it, wasn't it wasn't until I started winning when my friends were like, yo, you know what? It's it's not a scam. It's possible because, like, kind of just regular. You know what I mean? It goes back to, um, yo, it's no different. I tell people all the time and they laugh. It's like, yo, it's no different than studying for a final, right? If you're just going to go in there cold turkey, you're not going to do well. I used to, I used to, I'm the best case study for it. Like, when, when I first started, started playing this in 2014-15, I'd wake up at 12.30 on a Sunday, you know, being on the East Coast, and I'd put in a lineup, never won any money. And the next year, I'm like, yeah, let me do some research. These guys that get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to talk about fantasy must know what they're talking about. Started doing some reading, whatever. Yeah, I started winning. I'm like, oh, okay. Then 2016, I went all in, and I won close to six figures in profits. So, yeah. yeah, dude, dude I, was I was ready to like, like quit, quit my, my job. job. <laughs> I was ready to like, I was like, yeah, I'm going all in on this. Like, why not? You know, I won for like four straight months. I'm like, all right, this is easy. But and just uh, for the record, this will be the audio clip that I take to promote this episode. <laughs> Nothing else. Just Nick saying, I want almost six figures. People will listen. It's it's beautiful. That was the headline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and please, please, please send, send me that too. So I can use the wrestling term, put myself over to as many people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. FanDuel used, used to have, have the, the kicker, kicker and, and it would drive me crazy. crazy. I hate I stopped playing it because it was one one, one week, man. I paid I'll never forget it. The Pats were playing the Falcons, Sunday Night Football. I paid up for Matt Bryant. He was the most expensive kicker on the slate. Gave me one point. If you would have gave me like six points, you're looking at like another Porsche maybe being bought. Literally six points. And I'm like and then I think it was Kai. Borbath from the Vikings put up like 27 points. Oh, I'm like, and he was the cheapest kicker on the slate. I'm like, I'm not playing FanDuel again. And I haven't played FanDuel since. I just stick to DraftKings. 
There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. DraftKings got now. There you go. No free ads on this show, but we're not cool enough to promote anything anyway. So DraftKings, shout out. I've been looking at FanDuel all day for my odds with DraftKings if you want daily fantasy. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I think something that you do really well is explain why you make the picks you make, and that's that's super educational, which I think is awesome. So what we're going to do is go through these Penn Staters and, and kind of just give your your overview on them for, for either regular fantasy or, or daily, whichever you see. So we'll start. I know you're a Giants fan, yes? Yes. Okay, Big so, so we talked about you bet on them to win all the time. Got to be happy with our guy, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I get, get a lot, lot of heat because I really want him. He's on the Jets, Jets now. now. Um, but, but, hey, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones might be the answer. answer. But, but, yeah, yeah with Barkley, man, I mean, I don't, I don't want, want to waste, waste too much time, time on it. it. Like, wherever you take him, one, two, three, can't fault you for taking him one. Definitely going to run him into the ground. He is the major key for the New York Giants offense. I do think that the offensive line is better. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe not, not early because Golden Tate's not going to be there, but, but I do think they've put together an offense that can work, you know? I know they, they got to replace Odell, but, like, not for nothing, Odell was a head case here in New York. So, hell of a talent, don't get me wrong, probably the best receiver in the league, but, yeah, Barkley, I mean, I don't want to waste too much time on it. Number one, he's, like, the third most expensive running back on DraftKings, too, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I really want to answer that question quick. So when when you're looking at daily and you have a guy like Saquon or Zeke or you know Gurley, one of these top guys that you know can produce, but is crazy expensive for for the daily fantasy, how do you how do you try to balance that? So, so like, like daily fantasy is a completely different animal, man. I know friends that have won, you know, they win their championship, they win their championship in their yearly league all the time. My buddy Tim is a sensational. Yearly fantasy player, right? Shout, Shout out to him and the Brodo boys. But he can't play daily fantasy for the life of him. Because it's completely different, right? Like, yo, not for nothing, you draft McCaffrey number one overall, you're going to play him every week. Yeah. But there's some times where, like, you know, last year I beat my buddy Dom in our yearly league because he started all the Rams guys in Chicago in 20-degree weather where I didn't touch any of them. In, in daily, daily fantasy, fantasy. yeah, so it's like you play the matchups, you play the scenario, you play the game lines. So yeah, super interesting. Okay, yeah. Next guy up, Allen Robinson, uh, one of our favorite Penn State receivers of all time. He he's like, I mean, he's he'll be in the Penn State folklore forever for that four overtime Michigan game. Uh, he made this incredible catch, which he now actually has tattooed on the side of his body. If you haven't seen that, it's him and the Michigan defender, like full side piece, kind of crazy. Um, but Allen Robinson in Chicago, what do you think? Uh, we talked about Mitch Trubisky a little bit earlier. What do you see Allen Robinson doing? Uh, fine, right? Like, like low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I just, I'm so, like, I haven't been this confident on a team uh, underachieving like I have been with the Bears. Uh, I'm super on the under. Um, you know, they won... They won 12 games last year, I believe it was. Uh, kind of surprised people. Now they got to play a play schedule. And a lot of people give me heat like, oh, you know, it's only a two-game difference. But it's like, yeah, you know, now you got to play the Rams and the Cowboys as opposed to maybe playing the Redskins and the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a swing. In a league where everyone's meant to be 8-8, eight and eight, that's a huge swing. You know, so, yeah, Allen Robinson, cool, but... It doesn't, doesn't do it for me. The other guy you have listed, I think, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel my boner just get going right now. <laughs> I believe you're referring to my guy in Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin. I love this guy. Yeah, yeah Chris, Chris Godwin, Godwin man. man um, 
there was like a there was a huge trend of him early in his career where anytime Deshaun Jackson wasn't playing, he either scored a touchdown or had a hundred yard game. DraftKings gold, um, you know. He's, he's, he's going to be, be a beast, beast in that, that offense, offense, right? Remember Larry Fitzgerald with Bruce Arians? Uh, he's, he's, he played, I think, all but one snap with James Winston this preseason so far. So, yeah, uh, Chris Godwin, all in. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I think uh, the, the only thing I hate about this is that it is so public knowledge now. Because, like, I took, right, I took yeah. him last year. I took him last year. I was like, he's going to be my sleeper. He's going to kill I it. I took him rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's like, he's going to be amazing. And then, yeah, with Deshaun, like, he, you know, he just didn't have those reps. But, yeah, we, we talked last episode. There was actually a quote from Bruce Arians. He said, like, he's never coming off the field. So, yeah, I think this guy's going to be as plug and play as they come. And I'm pumped for him, man. Just as, as a fan, like, I'm excited for him to have his time. What kind of round rate are you thinking for him, Nick? Dude, I, I, he, people are going to reach for him. Um, and I might have to reach for him. I'm not happy where I'm going to have to take him. I'm, I'm seeing him go, like, fifth, sixth round. Because this hype is so big, especially in PPR formats. Uh, DraftKings has actually priced up these guys from Tampa Bay. So the idea of getting them cheap against San Francisco, they, they're ready for it. They're ready for this air raid offense. They're ready for Bruce Arians. Uh, you know, not for nothing, Tampa Bay's offense last year was DraftKings gold, too, especially the quarterbacks. It just, you weren't sure who was going to start and finish the game. Right? Yeah. Patrick and those guys are always so flopping. But yeah, Godwin, all in. I love it. You know, if you got to reach for him, I think it'll be safe, too. Yeah, fair. And I play in a league with a bunch of Penn State guys, so it wouldn't shock me if someone takes him in like the third round. Third or fourth, fourth, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to be able to do that, so it'll be it'll be tough if I don't have yeah. him. Uh, moving on, another wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton in Denver. What about Deshaun? I mean, I liked it up until yesterday's Monday Night Football game where I saw Emmanuel Sanders after an Achilles tear running end rounds, and he doesn't look like he slowed down. I cannot believe this guy is back. I think eight. It hasn't, it hasn't been, been nine months. months. Eight months? And, yeah, 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 since, since his surgery. surgery. Uh, yeah, yeah Deshaun Hamilton, I think long-term is the guy there, for sure. But yeah. might have, have to just pump the brakes a little bit with um, with, with with Sanders coming back. Yeah, it's not this season, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's another guy we're going to get to soon where, like, I love him, but not for this year, possibly. Yeah, and I think I'm between two guys I know who you're talking about. I think for uh, for Deshaun, for me, it's tough. He's one that I like. I picked up in like the early weeks last year, just off the waiver wire. Like, eh, maybe he'll break out. Um, I think you make the point. Sanders is back. They play kind of that same role. Cortland Sutton is there. He should have a bigger role this year. So I think I, I agree. I, I think Hamilton will have his time, but we'll we'll see how Sanders kind of if he keeps that up or not. So it might be right. one that I take a chance on late. Uh, next up, Mike Gesicki, tight end, going into year two in Miami, drafted in the second round. He was a huge matchup nightmare at Penn State. Uh, Miami is Miami's an interesting situation, though, right now. What do you think about Mike Kosicki down in Miami? Man, I, I can't front, guys. I don't know much about him outside of he, like, apparently tested through the roof during pro day and combine, so he's like a, an elite Nike Sparks athlete. <laughs> I mean, there's not much in Miami. Yeah. So... If Josh, if Josh Rosen becomes, becomes a quarterback, quarterback, maybe he starts targeting the tight end, but that's about as much as... I also play in a no-tight end league. Oh, my fantasy league, we do two flex positions as opposed to tight end because, I mean, not for nothing, like the last couple of years, it's been three, four guys, right? So, like, you know, the, the whole argument was, why should I have to start uh, Charles Clay when I could start Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's the kind of decisions we would have to make. So we got rid of that. 
you know, I, I had George Kittle last year on my team. I just put him at the flex. So you want to play tight ends? By all means. My buddy Eric had Kelsey and Ertz. He made it to the championship. So, like, you could play tight ends, but there's no tight end slot. Sure. That's cool. That's an interesting way. Yeah, we got uh, we got rid of kickers a while ago. We're talking about even getting rid of defenses, which is crazy. Uh, every every year, that's one of my favorite things about fantasy is everyone always proposes rule changes every year, and like only yeah. a couple of them stick. But I like that uh, double flex, no tight end. That's interesting. Um, all right, last guy on the list. I think that I think I got all the Penn State skill guys in the NFL. This is the one you alluded to earlier. It's Miles Sanders, running back in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, so, so the, the Eagles, Eagles haven't spent high draft, draft capital on a running back since LaShawn McCoy, another uh, Pennsylvania native, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. coming, coming out, out of pit. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so I, I think, think long term, like, I've been, been telling people, people if you're in dynasty leagues, I would much rather take him over Jacobs from Oakland. I just like his game. He reminds me a lot of, like, that elusive speed back. Kind of had some fumble issues in Penn State. Um, but, but I think, I think that's, that's fixable, especially that, that guy, uh, Peterson, Peterson, that's over there in Philly, tends to really like Tiki Barber when he was with the Giants, Coughlin kind of cleaned his act up a little yeah, bit, and that's the same thing that Peterson has done with some of his running backs. But that being said, uh, Miles Sanders, maybe like if you could get him late and just stash him and just be patient, like a IE, a Nick Chubb kind of guy. Uh, I think he could, he might be a guy that could potentially win you a league, but he also might be a guy that. You'll have, have zero, zero confidence in starting week in, week out. Guy you take, like, last before your kicker in defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and always, like, I, 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 I waited until my last two picks. Because in our league, you have to draft a kicker in the defense. So I always wait for that at the end. Because, like, you know, no one thought Chicago's defense would be that ridiculous. You know, so it just always happens. Yeah, I'm interested to see with Miles because uh, all of the reports coming out of Philly from from the media that have been there, from some of the players, are all saying like he's just looking like the guy, um, and he's looking next level. Like I know they have Jordan Howard. I don't know what Jordan Howard they're getting. I don't know if it's going to be a true committee or if Miles might just take it. So I think that's the one out of this whole list that we talked about. I'm most interested to see how it plays out because I think I mean we saw it. It's it's crazy if you look at he was. The number one running back in the country coming out of high school, five-star, could have gone anywhere he wanted, came to Penn State and sat behind Saquon for two years, waiting his turn, comes out one year and just balls out, has an incredible year, goes to the NFL, drafted, what, second round? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. super interested, and I, 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 hate, I hate to say this because like, I don't like the Eagles at all, but I hope he has a monster year, uh, and I'll be interested to watch. Yep, couldn't agree with you more, man, on that one. All right, uh, so that kind of wraps it up here. So I think uh, to wrap it all up, Pat and I are going to bet all the money we have on Penn State going <laughs> to the college football playoff. Just super long shots. But for any of you out there listening that are a little bit smarter and want to learn about gambling, listen to Nick. This guy knows what he's doing. Uh, like I said, check him out, Degeneration Bets. Uh, Nick, your personal The Lamb Show. Yes, yes, sir. What, tell me what that is, because I'll be honest. I've been following you for a while. For the longest time, I thought your name was Nick Lamb. I didn't know what it was. Nah, nah. So, so like, uh, I was going for a job that um, I couldn't really use my full name for. Um, so I'm Greek, like my nationality, not fraternity letters. Yep. Um, and, yeah, from a young age, people just called me Lamb because it's Greek Easter. We do the rotisserie on the spit. Okay. And, dude, it's kind of just stuff. Like, my customers in the city call me Lamb. My parents call me Lamb. Like, all my friends do. So, it uh, it kind of just, um, that's just take. So, it's the Lamb Show. Yeah, there you go. Everything that's me is under that. 
And do you, you post all the stuff about like daily fantasy, like, hey, here's who you should take in your daily fantasy or weekly fantasy? Uh, yeah, 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 there's there's there's, there's, there's like there's anywhere, anywhere from, from like uh, you know who's main eventing Monday Night Raw to who you should start in your flex. flex. Like I'm kind of all over the place. place. I'm very simple, man. I like wrestling. I like betting. I like sports and beer. So that's probably what you'll see on my social media accounts. And yeah, that's that's really it, man. At the Lame Show, if you want to find me, at Veterans Minimum is the show handle for my sports show where we kind of talk about like all sports. And yeah, like you mentioned, Degeneration Bets. There you go, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate the time. Next time Pat and I are back in New York, we'll grab a beer, see how our bets are going. I'd uh, love to have you back on sometime, man. Let's, Let's do, do it, man. man. Especially, Especially if Pat's, Pat's paying for these beers. beers. <laughs> I'm not there you go. Penn State cashes in at 100 to 1. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be buying out bars, not just beers. That's right, baby. All right. All right guys. Thanks so much, man. Take care. No, no problem. problem.